The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Mega pop artist Taylor Swift was MIA from the recent American Music Awards, saying she was busy re-recording all of her old music. Her fight to own the masters of her first six mega hit albums is big news in the music industry. And in this Squiz Shortcut, we're going to take a look at what master recordings are, the power relationship between a record label and an artist, and how this battle has played out before. Squiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, before we look at the recent fight over Taylor Swift's early master recordings, let's start at the beginning, which we always like to do. And that's the question of what is a master recording? Yeah, that's a very good question in the context of this shortcut. (laughs) So literally, it's the original recorded version of the song. A master could be on a disc, on a tape, or in these modern times, a computer data storage format like an MP3 file. Often you'll see a reference to older songs being remastered. And what that usually means is that an older analog recording is transferred to a digital format and cleaned up to make it sound better. But today we're not talking about the literal definition of a master recording. No, for our purposes, we're talking about the underlying rights to a song. The ownership of master recordings is at the heart of contracts between musicians and recording labels. So as far as us as music consumers are concerned, when we listen to a song via streaming service like Spotify or Apple Music, or we buy a CD. Back in the olden days. Yep. Yep. (laughs) What it means is that we've actually been granted a license by the holder of the master rights. It's the same as if a song is in an ad or a TV show or a movie, a license must be granted for it to be used, which means the owner of the master has control over the song's use and is paid for that use. So put simply, controlling the master rights means you have control over what is done with the song. And if a song is popular, it means it can be a very, very valuable asset that brings in money for many years. But the fact of the matter is very few artists own their masters and we'll get into that next. Claire, the discussion over artists owning the rights to their work isn't a new concept and we're going to get into that a bit later. First up though, let's talk about the system that sees recording companies own the masters of the artists that they promote. It all starts with a recording deal between a recording label and an artist. To describe that deal in its most simple form, it's an agreement that an artist makes to record or to record a series of records for the label that will then go and sell and promote it. So on the one hand, you've got a talented artist, a singer, let's say, they might also be the songwriter. They want to get their music out there. These days, they might be able to do that themselves via YouTube or other digital platforms, but it can be pretty hard to make money that way. If you have the backing of a recording company, it generally means that they'll promote it and get it out there, which is an expensive thing to do. Recording labels also ensure that people who use or listen to that music then go on and pay for it. And that's why the issue of who owns the copyright in the records that artists make is a big deal. And if a label controls the master rights to an album, they also agree to give a certain percentage of the royalties from sales to that artist. 
So Claire, let's stretch both of our imaginations here. I'm an emerging singer. (laughs) (laughs) I can see it now, yeah. (laughs) I reckon my songs are going to set the world alight. I've got some good traction on my YouTube and my TikTok because I'm cool. A big record company like Sony BMG or Universal or Warner Music, they want to sign me. But I want to own my masters because I think it's important that I benefit from my creative work. How do I make that happen? Well, first of all, congratulations on your success. Thank you. (laughs) It's really terrific. And second, you're going to find it very difficult to have your cake and eat it too. The recording labels hold that power in the relationship in the early days because it's unlikely that you'll crack the big time without their support and they need to pay the best people to produce your recordings and then they market it and promote it across the world, which, as we say, is very expensive. So artists that are starting out sign deals where they don't own their masters. That's exactly right. And Larissa, if you do indeed become a global sensation (laughs) Mm -hmm. and your sixth album deal is at an end, chances are you'll have some power in that next contract negotiation to own the masters of your future music. And if your record company really wants to keep you, they might even negotiate a way for you to buy or be transferred the masters to your old music. I could also find that my record company has sold my masters to someone else. That's right, because they're an asset and they can be sold. And that's happened to some big artists too. Let's get into some of those examples. Taylor Swift has been at the centre of the most recent high-profile battle to own masters. Long story short, back in the day, she signed a six-album deal with label Big Machine. They held her master recordings as part of the deal terms. That deal expired in November 2018. And when it came time to re-sign, she said that Big Machine only offered her the opportunity to gradually earn back her master tracks by continuing to produce new music. So she left for a better deal with Universal Music Group and Republic. Big Machine then sold her master recordings to a guy called Scooter Braun back in June 2019, and that gave him control over her Big Machine masters. And this is where we hit some major pop culture references. Swift wrote that her musical legacy was about to lie in the hands of someone who tried to dismantle it. And that refers to Scooter Braun's involvement in her ongoing feuds with both Kanye West and Justin Bieber. He is the manager for both of those artists. And look, I'll put a link to the whole Swift-West feud uh, as my recommendation to this shortcut, and that'll help you out on that one. But to get back on track, her response was a promise to re-record that old music that she produced while she was at Big Machine. The idea behind that is if there's a version of those songs, presumably almost identical to the original master recordings, she can then ask consumers, her fans, to use that version and not the one that's owned by someone else. That's right. That way she financially benefits from the use of her songs and not the company who owns the original masters. Pretty hostile thing to do. Well, she says she's doing that because it's the only way she can wrestle back control of her work from people who don't like her very much. And who she doesn't like. She's not a fan of Scooter Braun at all. And by owning her masters, he now had the ability to say release a best of album of her songs that she had no input into or potentially decide whether she could or couldn't perform songs or use film clips from those albums. 
If we step back and look at the bigger picture, Claire, she's not the first recording artist to fight for control over their masters. Most definitely not. Ray Charles was the first black artist to own his master recordings. A deal he negotiated in the 60s showed that he was not just a groundbreaking singer and songwriter, but also a music entrepreneur. Another famous artist, Claire, who fought this fight was your favourite, Prince? Yeah, in the early 90s, Prince took on Warner Music for ownership and rights to his music. He famously changed his name to an unpronounceable symbol as a way to make the record company's life difficult Mm. while they were trying to promote him. And he famously appeared with the word slave written on his cheek at performances to make it very clear about how he felt about his record company overlords. I didn't know that's the artist formerly known as... That's exactly right. It was the love symbol. Yeah. He did eventually make peace with Warner when he signed a new contract and he got the rights to his music. There are plenty of others who have control over their master recordings now. Jay-Z has been particularly vocal in this space and he's successfully combined recording with the business side of music. Rihanna, U2, Stevie Wonder, there's some others as well. Yeah, and there was an interesting development in the US in 2013 when a couple of important changes to the copyright laws came into play. The 35-year law allows for copyright of music recorded after 1977 to be claimed by the artist 35 years after publication and for music recorded prior to 1978 the rights held by record companies can be terminated 56 years after the date of copyright. So in a couple of years, that law is going to be very important to someone like the Beatles' Paul McCartney. Yeah, and he's already looking into the termination of Sony Music's rights in 50% of the whole list of Beatles songs from the 1960s. So that's definitely something to look out for. But that's your shortcut to who owns the music. On to our recommendations next. Just getting back to Taylor Swift quickly in an update, Scooter Braun has now sold the master rights of Taylor's first six albums to an investment fund in a deal that's worth 300 mil. Taylor released a statement saying she hoped she'd be able to work in partnership with the new owners, but when she found out Scooter Braun would still receive profits from her work under that new deal, she couldn't do it. So that's where we're at now. Swifties, she's re-recording her old music. So my recommendation is an article that steps through the Taylor Scooter saga up to now. If you want the blow by blow, it has all the screenshots and all the receipts. My recommendation is, of course, down that Taylor Swift line. It's very topical at the moment and it's complicated with all of the feuds that back it up. Uh, I've got an explainer that goes back to the heart of probably the biggest pop cultural reference of the last decade and that is the feud between Taylor Swift and Kanye West, which feeds into all of this. Back at the VMAs, I'ma let you finish. (laughs) That's the one. Thanks for tuning in to this Squiz Shortcut on who owns the music. If you've just found this podcast, we also have a weekday news podcast and email newsletter called The Squiz Today. It gets you across the news in a five-minute read or a 10-minute listen each weekday morning, perfect for busy people who want to stay informed. You can head to thesquiz.com.au to check that out. And, of course, if there's a topic you want us to give you the backstory on, shoot us an email on hello at thesquiz.com.au. Until next time.